0: Levels, levels.
1: I don't see my face on there,
0: Chris. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hello. Hey, we're there back. we go.
1: As promised, we're back for another week of Tech Talk Thursday. This week, we're going to talk about data and data storage. And uh, I said before this broadcast, I know a lot about storing shoes, storing clothes, mm-hmm. storing food, mm-hmm. not a lot about data storage. So there was a report that came out. Uh, on Cyber Magazine that said by the year 2025, which is only four years away, or three <laughs> three years away, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> uh, that the world will store 200 zettabytes? Zettabytes. Zettabytes.
2: It's a lot of bytes. It's
1: a lot of bytes. It's uh, a lot of bytes. I don't even know what that is, but I know it's a whole lot of something, something. It is. So, which made us pause to think. What about all the storage? So we thought we'd have some props here. Back in the early days of diskettes, we did, could not find a floppy diskette, sadly.
2: For any of our non-visual people, can you describe, describe this uh, thing? It's
1: This is a hard three and a half inch disk. So originally there were floppy disks and you would go to slide them in the drive and they would they get bent. F- yeah, they actually flopped. If you left them in your car, they would warp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then the three and a half inch uh hard disk came out and everybody thought it was just, oh, this is like the best thing ever. Yep. It had the little slidey thing up at the top that No,
2: it, no, it's at the bottom. Oh, to it's protect it, the right on it. Protect so protect the right? uh, that's right. You can't overwrite it. Right. I remember I'm trying to remember when I mean, I used these in like maybe third or fourth grade for yeah. for uh <laughs> for elementary projects I don't know Are you what you were like maybe six sixth, seventh grade something like that no oh no <laughs> <The> thank you <laughs> yeah. um I like that we have the limited edition yes. Adobe Photoshop version 2.5 for Macintosh
1: it's the snow leopard version
2: this is installer disk one and it's limited <laughs> edition so this is all in our time capsule uh, I'm, our oh, tech time capsule. Tech time I'm back. going to, uh, I think I'll be listing this on eBay. <laughs> no. No? Oh, no. It's limited edition. On we could probably at least get $3 for this thing.
1: I wonder how much it is, really. I, I bet it it's a lot. I have the last edition of Adobe that came on CD. Okay. I have that one because that was like my favorite version of all. But this anyway. is the one you still
2: use? Yeah. <laughs> Adobe Creative Cloud <laughs> Creative all the way. Cloud.
1: Um so it went from this hard three and a half inch disc uh, I remember the zip discs that was uh-huh. you could like store a ton of crap on there yep and they were faster they were faster yep.
2: yes I remember there was the external zip drive that you'd mm-hmm. plug in and then you could back things up to it and it was like the coolest thing ever
1: yes until like two
2: gigs of backup
1: the CD came out and then you had the CD reader writer software all came on CD I remember doing package designs when I worked at a Primo oh. for
2: our the, software. Their software to come out on a mm-hmm. CD. Nice. Yep,
1: yep. And then the uh, the bug fixes all had to come out on CDs okay. too. And then the software companies realized, hey, if we give them a CD, they can pass it around and have yep. multiple people <laughs> download it. Yeah. So then they went to uh, cloud-based and you had to just download it. But also so, up here. Oh, go ahead.
2: Fun fact. So I recently, um, there is someone that works for us who had a previous life as a musician and... <laughs> I was uh, tracking some things down to. To uh, he he's also um, in the streaming community and things like that, and so I was tracking him down and just to try and find his channel, and I uh, stumbled across a CD of his from his younger days. Oh, how cool! Of that he that he had uh that he had, and so the f- the funny part though is so. I tried to come up with a way to play it, like to play the CD. Like oh. I wanted to play it, have them come in. And I would have been like, Hey, what's this? Like <laughs> have you heard of this song before? I couldn't, I couldn't find anything to play it with. I don't have anything huh. in my house now that will do like, we'll play it. You don't have your man. I don't have it. I don't have a disc man. <laughs> I don't have a boom box. I don't have anything like that. Huh. It's all streaming.
1: I don't think I have anything either. Yeah. I, I mean, I so have I just done. handed it
2: to him. I was like, Hey, eh, I found here, this here thing. Yeah.
1: Huh. Yeah. He should have brought that to the company meeting next month.
2: Yeah. I don't. Been- I mean, I, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a past he wants to leave oh, left behind. So I, I wasn't going to embarrass him too much about it. Oh,
1: uh, shoot.
0: Uh, eBay has Adobe Photoshop 2.5. On three and a half inch floppy disks, as is, uh-huh. for sixteen ninety nine. Is that the limited edition one though? It's not the limited edition, but it is all diskettes. Is that Ooh, yeah? We don't have that going for us. No, sixteen dollars. Oh,
1: mm-hmm. that's sad. All
0: right, well, I changed my I changed my guess
2: for maybe like fifty cents.
1: Oh, all right. So the next uh, upgrade were these uh, hard drives, uh, three and a
2: half inch spinning disk. Yes. This is specifically, is this 7,200 or is this a 10K drive? Let's see. Oh, it doesn't say on here. It doesn't say on here. Well,
1: that was fairly short-lived because.
2: 500 gig, though. 500 this, gig, That was wow. huge. I, I remember I got a 500 gig drive at one point in time. I never thought I'd fill it up. It's an external hard drive. I was at Purdue. They had a, a, a peer-to-peer um, file sharing at Purdue that um, I would. I had a job on campus that I had unfeathered access to the uh, um, to the network so I could download it all day. And so I took a job in the electronics lab, mostly because I could just sit on there, plug my computer in and download movies and stuff all day. And I had a 500-gig drive, and I was like, oh, I'll never fill this up. And did and you? Then, oh, I filled it up. And I bought a one-terabyte drive. I was like, oh, there's no way I'll fill this up. Right. And now I think I, you know, in my backpack, I carry like two or four terabytes or something. Yeah. So crazy
1: yeah so i had i bought a one terabyte uh external backup and i thought oh this is going to be great same as daniel i'm never going to fill this up but graphic files video files they all take up just a ton of space because the one that i bought i think is a seagate and it has a redundant internal backup which Mm -hmm. i thought this was like but of course it's it's like the size of uh, it's smaller than a pizza box i don't know it's pretty big because now Um, like this one, a
2: pizza box, pizza (laughs) box is huge. There's a lot of things that are smaller than a a pizza box. box. Like are you talking personal pan or are you talking about like a large, okay. All right. Jeez. There's like, I mean, (laughs) you could fit like a zettabyte in the size of a pizza, a pizza box.
1: What about a yada, yada, yada bite? Uh, maybe we're going to get to that. Uh, so this one, this red small one fits in the palm of your hand. Uh, I think this one was two terabyte.
0: Uh, one terabyte, two one and terabyte. Inch terabyte. Thing.
1: okay so this little black one which i would love to pocket but i've been told i will not uh this <laughs> one is a two terabyte yep look how small i mean it's probably smaller than a business card
2: yeah yeah it's maybe like two and a half inches by
0: three and a half
1: something yeah.
2: like that
0: yeah no moving
2: parts no moving parts doesn't change like something's <laughs> yeah we don't want that <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> is, Uh oh. this is also so oh wow just edit that out chris there is uh, has been a significant change in how you interface with these so USB-C, Thunderbolt, mm. whatever, however many different the standard that was supposed to kill all the standards has now become the standard that's creating all the standards so that's really awesome. But this had what was this what was the style called again Chris? This is a um, like 3.0. That was USB a, 3 Micro B. B, that's what it is. Yeah. So one side was power and the other side was data and then on the USB-C it's now power and data, uh, can also do display and think, I mean, uh, whatever Thunderbolt version it is can do like 40 gig per second, mm-hmm. um, and can power your device at 90 Watts and all this fun stuff. But then there's like all these little sub variants of that. That's a whole nother episode all on its own. That's frustrating enough to deal with. So <laughs> I'll stop talking about it.
1: We have our small TVG uh, branded. Branding, branded, branding, branding, flash drive, um, which this one is a three uh, megabyte.
2: Four. Three megabyte. Four? No way. No. We, there's no way I approved you to buy three megabytes. Or it's it's got to be four gig. Five, 12. four gig. Four gig. Four gig. Four okay. gig. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was supposed to be one, but they screwed up my order and they said, well, we've got <clears> the we'll orange. We'll give you four. Yeah. We'll give you four. And I was like, yeah. sweet. So anyway. Um, and then this thing, I don't remember what this is.
2: That is an M.2 drive. Oh. Yep. M.2. Yep.
1: How could I forget that? And it's how big?
2: That's probably a 512, or maybe a no. This is 128. So, this is more for your internal, um, uh, like you know, you use it on a PC or you'll put it in an enclosure or something like that. So you can see the full circuit board. And it everything looks like on a it. stick of gum. It does. Yeah, it's like a. It's about the size of like a big red stick of gum, juicy like, fruit like juicy fruit pack of gum. <laughs> um, these are pretty impressive because they use your uh pci slots so you can have like some of these are will read write at like seven eight gig per second which is pretty quick and they're small form factor no spinning disc you can have multiple of them um and these things have calmed down tremendously in price within like the last even the last year i was going to
1: ask you what do those run
2: yeah i bought maybe maybe two years ago i bought um a one terabyte one and it was like four hundred dollars the equivalent one now is like Two hundred bucks, hundred bucks, mm, hundred fifty we'll bucks, somewhere the in there, depending on what variety you get, speeds, read, write, things like that. But yeah, these things are immensely impressive, and they're kind of taking the place of you know the big three and a half or the two and a half inch spinning disk that that used to be in there. Now most things are solid state, this is solid state drive, um,
0: just much more reliable and faster. Uh, doing a price check, yep, <clears throat> on Newegg, um, not the best. Uh, drive because it's a Gen three yeah. an SK Hynix 128 gigabyte PCI NVMe is fourteen dollars. Yeah, wow. Yeah, <laughs> which where did I think it was
2: at Hynix? They came out of nowhere and were just like, "Hey, we have all the awesome drives like on the high end. They have some really ridiculous write speeds." Well, I think they, they were
0: a, they were a OEM for a long time, so they uh, were actually they just, making now they the, make their own brand. They were making the chips, and now they have their own brand. Hmm.
2: Came out of nowhere the industry by storm it's a hot topic the same
1: so all that being said security a wise I have yes. a question yes
2: when you put data on this mm-hmm. does the weight of your drive change no are you sure yes you positive yes 100 mm-hmm. percent let's see
0: do you want to cut to commercial here yeah
2: <laughs> so i checked this before I need to. I'll. I'll double check my sources, fact, but
1: backtracker.
2: The answer is it will change. What? Yep. Hmm. Interesting. So if there's a physicist out there that wants to prove me wrong. I'm totally okay with being wrong on that. So
1: wait. Do I have to go sit in a Waffle House for 24 Probably. hours? Probably. I would. <laughs> I would
2: encourage you to do that. Life altering <laughs> experience. Sorry. So, you're going to. Ex, you yes, are going to. Security wise. Uh, yeah. And I always um, try to talk about small. And I microns. talk about food all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: So security wise, um, very, very secure, very secure, very secure, not so secure.
2: Yeah. This thing. So if you ever see a, just a USB stick in a parking lot, just don't pick it up. up. Um, the, the whole goal there is, you know, you can put something on a little hand flash drive or, um, you know, USB stick flash drive, keep it in your pocket and have your stuff on it. You can encrypt these, but the other thing is, is you leave them in a place where people are going to pick them up that are in a secure environment that they will put them in their pocket. i like, oh, sweet, free free flash drive. And then they plug it in the computer and then it has some malicious code on it that ends up um, working its way into the system under, you know, behind no access like, uh, behind secure access, you know, something that would normally have blocked all these things. It now made its way in there. Um, a good example of this is there was a oh i think it was iran um and this 2017 i believe it um i may get some of the dates wrong but effectively um it was a very secure off-grid um uh, nuclear or um it, it was a, a an enrichment site for nuclear rep- weaponry or it was an enrichment site that was then determined by c um cia and fbi and things like that that it was or not FBI, cia that was a, a nuclear enrichment site that was geared towards weaponry and it was totally disconnected so there was no way to like get to it from the internet or anything like that and so what they did was they put the malicious code on things like this and they just had hundreds of tha- not thousands but hundreds to thousands of these that they would just kind of litter around areas where they knew like engineers or employees or things like that worked and it was a self deploying code. It was a worm that once it got deployed, it would just self propagate and propagate. And the whole goal of it was to effectively make its way to the centrifuge and slowly ratchet up the speed of it to the point where it just tore itself apart. <laughs> and it all got infiltrated by someone picking up and plugging in a USB stick. Credit to uh, podcast Darknet Diaries. Uh, if you're into kind of learning about any of like dark web, um, or like hacking or things like that does a really good job. Um, I listen to it on a regular basis and that's where I heard about that
0: story. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to show you guys this. I don't know if we want to show this on the stream. This is another, uh, USB like device that looks exactly like a USB stick. Uh-huh. Uh, but I don't know if you've seen these in action, but basically when you plug this in, uh, there's a bunch of capacitors on the inside, and it will destroy <laughs> your hardware almost instantly.
1: Wow!
2: Will it? So it'll kill the entire thing that you put it into, or it will just kill the
0: USB ports? It will kill. So it depends. Uh, sometimes it will kill. I'll guess. I'll show this. Show this to the stream because uh, you can just Google this. Uh, it yeah. will most likely, depending on. Uh, the version, I, mean, I guess they have a, bro, a Pro and a Classic and all that kind of fun stuff. Classic USB kill stick, <laughs> you know. I keep one of those in my um, back pocket. But it uh, depends on the hardware itself. So the demos that I've seen, it will literally, like, it's you plug it into a device and it you'll hear a big click because that's the capacitor just charging <laughs> into the power lines and it can just basically wipe out entire boards. So, wow. yeah, another thing that maybe you don't want to... Uh, Pick up huh. a because you could easily disguise this as mm-hmm. just a regular USB. Can but you I, recharge it? Uh, so, what it does is the way that it works, the or is it just pulling a whole bunch? Of, it's just pulling, so the okay. device has to be powered on for okay. it to actually okay. function.
2: Right. Okay, huh? Yeah. Interesting. The, one of Lesson those may learned. show up in our office we play with. <laughs> no. i think this becomes this is this the new way we securely dispose of uh, old devices in our office i
0: think so yeah i had an, uh, another thought uh you said about device security um i think the biggest one obviously is physical access yeah mm-hmm. um getting act, you know having that actual hard drive or having that actual diskette or cd is probably the biggest security risk yeah because you don't i mean you don't necessarily think about it too much but even
2: like your hard drive or something like that, if you don't securely dispose of it, shred it, destroy it, or something like that. Shoot it. Uh, sh- shoot it if you want. Um, <laughs> Drill a
1: lot of holes in it.
2: There is, even if you delete everything off of it, there are tools, cost significant amount of money, but there are ways and methodologies to actually pull the data off of this that you thought was deleted. Um, you know, we've, we've had to do that for clients where something got deleted or destroyed or, um, had some sort of power issue with it where we had employee.
1: to yeah,
2: had to pull <laughs> it off and you know it can cost thousands of dollars per gig to be able to pull that data off. But there is a way to do it. If there's val- valuable enough information on it, you know, company secrets or uh, information that someone wants to get to, like exploiting per- people's personal information or things like that, the potential upside for the uh, malicious individual might be worth it to spend thousands of dollars to try and pull data off of a key person's hard drive. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just throwing these things out is not always not. I don't think there's always going to be someone digging through your trash. But if you want to if you want to dispose of it, there are places you can send them to that they'll dispose of them. They make their money by receiving these, melting them down and then recycling the, you know, the raw materials, taking out the rare earth materials from it and recycling them so you can help upcycle your device so create less e-waste and things like that than just throwing it in the garbage
1: so let's talk about instead of using this for backup let's talk about the cloud the cloud the cloud everything's in the cloud and where all this uh 200 zettabytes is going to go
2: Zettabyte. zettabyte So, I mean, everyone, I mean, whether you think you're using cloud storage, you probably are in some way some form or fashion. I mean, every iPhone user comes with five gig of iCloud storage on their, on their phone for backup. And that's usually you'll get a notification that says, hey, your iCloud storage is full. Would you like to get a hundred gig for 99 cents? And you're like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Why not? You yes, know, please. I mean, I, I personally have a a family iCloud account with two terabytes that I just have everybody back their iPhones up to because it makes my life a lot easier when someone gets a new phone, <laughs> I can just restore from it. Um, but you have things like Dropbox. If you have a Gmail account, you get 10 gig of Google Drive storage. If you ha- and your all of your emails in Gmail are stored in the cloud. Um, if you have, um, you know, Office 365, you get OneDrive. So, I mean, without even realizing it, people are probably putting more data in the cloud than they would have suspected they were. Um, and so I think that is a, a big reason why you start to see all of this stuff getting there, even if you think you're not a big user of the cloud. I mean, there's however many billions of people on the world, in the world, and there's however many billions of iPhones out there and all of them are probably using at least five gig. That's five gig in the cloud. So, um, And that's just the phones. I that's mean, just the phones. Talking yep. About
1: laptops, data centers. So let's talk about data centers for a second. Yep. So do you have a picture of our data center, Chris? Yeah, let
0: me bring that up here.
1: So we have an offsite data center that we store things in for people, yes?
0: hmm
1: There it is. So one one rack.
2: Looks like every other data center.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed when I went.
2: <laughs> I think that we could slap our logo on anybody's data center service. Those, those can guarantee those are really ours. Those are really ours. Yep.
1: So what types of things do we store there?
2: So we have lots of things. I mean, we have networking to be able to get the internet and things in there. And there's code stored on those. We have um, customer VMs, customer files. Um, we have backups of equipment from customer sites and things like that. So it's everything from um, business files to, you know, if you know if a client has um, storing anything on their servers and they're backed up there then we, we have it in there, but it's uh, both functional and storage data is in there.
1: Okay, so what, let's talk about security a little bit. So what keeps all of this data in the cloud secure?
2: Yeah, it depends on where it is, right? Um, if you're using iCloud, I'm gonna pick on that again, um, it's secured by your username and password credentials for your iCloud account, so it's as good as the security that you put on it to keep your password secure and safe. And um, you know, do you have multi-factor authentication? Everything on that. Um, same thing with Dropbox or any of those. It's a it's a user authenticated account, so it's as good as the security that you put on you as a user to be able to protect your data. Um, you know, from our standpoint, you know, data centers and things like that, you know, there's physical security, there is the network security layer, there's the um, continual you know, um, vulnerability scanning and testing and things like that to secure the, the premise of places. And so those same things are happening to your data in iCloud. Apple has either their own data centers or they're using somebody else's data center to be able to host that somewhere. So um, while all of your data is in the cloud it's in the cloud to you but it's physically somewhere it is taking up you know square footage it's taking up electricity costs it's taking up you know it's it's off-putting carbon gases i mean it's using a significant amount of resources that you don't ever see um, but really the cloud is just somebody else's server at the end of the day it's it's not your server it's somebody else's server and they get to deal with all the headaches of it not it being their server someplace else so um, it all comes back. It's got to be somewhere. Can't live in the ether anywhere. We haven't figured out how to store store data in the, uh, in the air or in light or, well, I mean, you can pass data in light and things like that. But it's not just floating around us and we grab it when we need it. It's taking up physical space somewhere.
1: So for people who, let's just say, use Microsoft mm-hmm. and they have their own uh, cloud storage. So what happens if Microsoft gets hacked? So all of their stuff gets hacked too? Or what if it goes down? What if it like majorly crashes? Is all their backup and everything gone too?
2: Yeah, so we've we've, uh, we've seen some of that in the last few years where Amazon's been down, Microsoft has had outages, um, even um, content delivery networks like, um, oh, what's the big one that everyone uses? Akamai. Uh, yeah, Akamai, um, you know, When those went down, people's access to things went away, right? Um, Now, was there data loss in that? There's probably some, there's some data loss somewhere. Maybe there was data in transaction going, saving from your computer up to the cloud and it got disconnected. So the update you were trying to save didn't didn't go. Um, But in the sense where we'll pick on Microsoft, if Microsoft were to have a data breach and you're using Office 365, if you read through their terms of service, they hold themselves not liable for protecting. They, they hold themselves liable to an extent of protecting your data, but if it were to be lost, they have very loose um, requirements on actually restoring your data. So, um, you know, just like, you know, back in the day when you had your laptop and you would have an external drive and you would back it up, you need to think about backing up the cloud. If you have um, business or critical files in there and you only have it in one spot, it's not there. I mean, it it could go away at some point in time. So um, there's a podcaster that I listen to that has a phrase, um, two is one and one is none. And Mm -hmm. that is very (laughs) um, true when it comes to data storage in the cloud. If you have only one cloud provider for your data, you and in the moment, you could effectively have no None. provider in that say so having a secondary place of storage even if you're using the cloud if it's critical enough it makes sense to do it that's why companies like um synology backblaze wasabi and others all have all these integrations into azure storage aws and um, the other big you know content providers like that to be able to be a secondary backup for it oh uh, yeah right there three two one strategy so very common in the in that so you have your you know um have multiple ways to have um um your backups, you know, in this one it's you know talking about two on site, one off site mm-hmm. and things like that. So I mean my I, myself I use backblaze for some things. We use backblaze for a couple of different things to backup internal pieces just because it integrates really well with different things. And it's a cost effective um model for certain types of backup. Um but yeah it's a you know Your data is still somewhere and it still ends up being someone's responsibility and big companies are really good at carving out them being held reliable for going away. So we offer services to customers that are using Google Cloud or Office 365 to back it up because traditionally there is very expensive knowledge that's in the cloud. And if it were to go away, um, it'd be gone and it would be a huge loss. And the the traditional thought or the thought was, I moved to the cloud. Everything's safe. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Right. (laughs) And you can worry less, but you still <laughs> still need to make sure you put the right precautions in place.
1: I know that when uh, Chris and I go out and we shoot videos of um, different clients' needs or whatever, we back it up. We have a backup of our backup, and I think we might have a backup of our, we have two backups of the backup, maybe. Yes, <laughs> So <the> backup backup <laughs> to the backup right. of the backup. Because <laughs> we keep a couple of them offsite. We have one here. Um, because the video you may want to go back to the raw footage at some point and you don't want it to be corrupt or whatever.
2: We keep one drive in a car going around 465 <laughs> it at never all stops. times. <laughs> Constant. So it's yes. never in the same spot ever. <laughs> so very secure. That one gets swapped out 3 times a week so we can rotate the data on. it. It's in pretty case it gets targeted nobody it's exactly. a different yep. car all the time. Yep.
1: It might say Brookfield Group on the side it might not. Never I says, don't says
2: know. Brookfield Group. <laughs> if you see a Brookfield one it's a decoy car. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. So let me give you a scenario then if somebody has their stuff in the cloud, it's not, that it's not backed up and they get hacked or something bad happens. Um, I was trying to think of a, we probably shouldn't use one of our clients that uses a <laughs> double backup, but we can restore from our backup and it's a clean backup.
2: Yeah. So we can, so there's a couple of different, um, ways to talk about that. So, uh, you have your backup that is. You want to make sure your backups are secure from the standpoint of if you have something on site, you want to make sure it's not connected to the same network or right. it's air gapped or something like that. So that way, if your device gets hit with something, it doesn't automatically encrypt your backup. So, using something like our data center or the tools that we use, there is a segregation between the data where it lives if there is an on-site copy and an off-site copy they are not on the same network available to get to each other and they're completely different paths so if all backups for some reason were somehow encrypted on the on-site copy there would still be an off-site copy that was either air-gapped or secured in a way that that virus or whatever malicious thing could not get to it so we can have a something to re- to restore from um there's um There's a whole, there's multiple different ways to kind of go through that. Some companies that we use and vendors that we use have, you know, proprietary methods to make that happen. And there's, you know, billions of dollars found and made by creating solutions that um, solve that problem. Exactly. The main key now, and especially ransomware and the like is getting into your data, but not just getting into your data, getting into your backup data. So then when you restore, you are hit again and again and it just is a repeating cycle and you are almost get to the point where you're like i have to pay the dollars because i can't go back far enough to actually restore a healthy backup of it um, and so that's where also that three two, one type mentality comes in is you know making sure things are are, are segmented properly you have the right amount of spacing between it, you have the right amount of longevity and your backup solution and there's there's a lot that goes into it there's a lot of planning that goes into it, and it's you know we have recommendations that we use but it ultimately it's a conversation with whoever is looking to make that put that solution to place to make sure we build the solution that fits their need their budget and um you know what they're ultimately after to protect
1: right well so with all of this there's never going to be less data we're only going to just keep increasing 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 yep so with all of the amount of data that's coming up with this zettabyte uh amount in just three short years the, the backup thing is really important. So, Chris has this really cool graphic. The, uh, what do we have mega, megabyte, it's a
2: megabyte, a gigabyte, gigabyte, which gigabyte and terabyte are the ones that people are, you know, norma, normal, normal, common in normal, common conversation, right? Petabyte, it floats around in the background. You'll see a lot of um, companies touting, like, if you're looking for a backup solution, things like that, it was like, hey, we have. 20 petabytes underneath our, underneath management and things like that. So that's kind of a little more mainstream. And then you start to get into the the exabyte and zettabytes and the yottabytes. And <laughs> those are things that are not uh, not as common. But as we work our way up this ladder, it soon commonplace will be terabyte petabyte is what we're gonna hear mostly about. And people are like, we have exabytes of data under management. And then it's gonna keep kind of moving its way up. I mean, every year cameras, you know take bigger better pictures and you know every everything that we do the amount of data using doesn't get any smaller it seems right.
1: so i wish i would have had chris cue up the rap song i don't know what it is where he says back 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 it up <laughs> 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 so that's the key from today or the takeaway from today's uh stream is make sure your data is secure and backed up
2: and it's always changing as we notice i mean right here we have you know seven different examples of and this is just a small subset of all the different ways that we you know data was stored over the years i mean going all the way back to the, you know punch cards right yeah. like <laughs> you, you put those in the in the mainframe and it would run its little things and do its stuff right um, and so it's always changing there's always going to be something that's cutting edge companies are always trying to figure out how do they more storage less space and um, it's it's fun to see what yeah. that looks like
1: up convenience but back it up back it up come on chris what,
2: what? We get i will we, we'll get we'll get copyright claim we're gonna we get copyright that. claim we Even can't for do that, that one we won't friends. get our 20 cents <laughs> off of monetizing this episode <laughs> shoot come on
1: all right well that's it for this week um next week we'll be back again on thursday at two o'clock so be sure and join us thanks for coming <laughs>